Coming up on NRL Teams, will Trent Robinson rush Sonny Bill Williams into the Roosters' ranks as the club's growing injury toll threatens the Premier's dreams of a 3 peak The casualty crisis worsens at Red Hill as the Broncos make yet another change to their playmaking ranks. More injury pain for Melbourne, but will Cam Smith return to cause another storm against the Eels, who have been far from electric, heading into Thursday night's battle for second spot? And Robbie Farrar reflects on the achievements of an old teammate as West Tigers great Chris Lawrence calls time on a decorated career. Yes, we'll discuss all that and plenty more here on NRL Teams, brought to you by Telfast when the teams are officially in for round 15. Only six weeks to go, gents. Uh, plenty happening in the game. The big talking point out of round 14 was the incident involving Kevin Proctor, the Titans skipper, and Sean Johnson. Now, Kevin Proctor, the Titans captain, will face the NRL judiciary tonight to fight to the death to clear himself of an alleged bite uh, on the weekend. And the big news today is that Sean Johnson will go into bat for his Kiwis team, Kiwi teammate. Uh, he released this statement on Instagram earlier today. Noddy, uh, how will Johnson's defence or test, his decision to testify help Kevin Proctor? Oh, I think it'll be enormous for Proctor. I think there's no doubt that Sean Johnson's arm goes into the mouth of Kevin Proctor. Um, it's hard to see any footage of him actually physically chomping down and biting hard. Um, and obviously Johnson felt like there was. Proctor over the weekend has come out and said he'll de defend himself very strongly. He's had a great, you know, a great record of being a, a, a clean-skinned player. So it's going to be interesting. I'm curious of what Henry Perinara comes up with tonight because he's obviously the key uh, referee official that must have saw something to make the big decision uh, on Saturday afternoon. I guess Sean Johnson's reaction here and the audio, uh, he says, he bit me, he bit me, um, which obviously um, won't help Kevin Proctor's case. But, Robbie, you've been in this situation uh, yourself back in the 2017 Rugby yeah. League World Cup. You were playing for Lebanon. Um, England's Jermaine McGilvray uh, was cleared of biting. Mm -hmm. So does it just show, that, given Johnson's um, decision to come and defend Proctor, that in the heat of the battle your emotions are high and you think you may have been bitten but you actually haven't been? Yeah, he might have felt something. But for me, there was no reaction from Sean Johnson to pull his arm away. When, when you get bitten... And you'll see it, I think we got the footage of my one in the World Cup. I actually felt like I was bitten and my reaction was to instantly pull my arm away because uh, I actually felt something like Shut clamped down yeah. on, my, on my forearm. Johnson leaves his arm there the whole time. So even after he's bitten, he still kept his arm in there. You don't do that if you've been bitten. I think he might have felt maybe some teeth on his arm because his arm was in Proctor's mouth. But yeah. I don't think there was a clamping motion from Proctor at any time during that you know, encounter. That, that, that was a clear bite. That was a clear chomp down. Robbie's reaction is, is, is brutal. Uh, James Graham was the last player to get sent or get charged by biting. He got 12 weeks for a biting Billy Slater's ear. And you can, again, go and physically see him chase Billy Slater, bite him on the ear, and the reaction from Billy Slater caused you know, a scuffle in the grand final. So, so you're saying then McGilvray, in your eyes, was a clear bite, but he got cleared of it. So do you expect Kevin Proctor to have some luck tonight? Oh, I... I Yes and no. I feel like he's he definitely, in some regards, there's his teeth on Johnson's arm. But is that Johnson causing part of the issue more than Proctor going out and biting him? I don't know if the game will make a pretty big mm. stance because obviously it's not a great image. Or whether, and, but it's, it's hard to know what way the judiciary is going to come up with. It is. Uh, make sure you stay locked to NRL.com tonight because we'll have a live blog of all the updates coming out of Rugby League Central regarding Kevin Proctor's uh, biting uh, charge. Uh, but in the meantime, let's look back at last week's predictions.
I got Blake Ferguson scoring a double. He hasn't scored all year. He's, he's going to break his duck egg with a double. The winner of the Newcastle Manly game will make the eight, and the loser will miss the eight. That'll be it. Newcastle, hang on. Ferguson, uh, the curse continues here on NRL teams, but on your point, Knights mm -hmm. play finals footy, Manly don't. We all agree? Yeah, that was I their grand final. Yeah, I think so. I think Manly's too far out of the eight now. OK, your MVP votes for last week. Yeah, I obviously had uh, one point to Luke Brooks. I uh, stood up, I thought, and played very, very well. Cameron McGuinness, emotional for match for his former coach. Uh, he got my two points. And Nathan Cleary, um, short kicking game. They got ten repeat sets in this match. Um, composure, execution. Um, he's pretty much the, the best player in the competition at the moment. And they, they had a... A gutsy victory. It wasn't a pretty victory. In the end, a gutsy victory. And the Panthers are looking pretty in pink. They'll be back at home this week against the Sharks. Who are your top three players? Yeah, my one point was for Sh uh, Sean Johnson. Keeps coming up with tri-assists. Uh, Morgan, Michael Morgan, I thought, rebounded well after his first game back from injury. I thought he was really poor. On the weekend, I thought he was outstanding for the Cowboys. And my three points to a player under pressure, missing the two cams, Cam Smith and, and Cam Munster. He needed to step up against the Premiers. And I thought uh, Jerome Hughes was outstanding on Thursday night. It actually looks good for knowing that there will be no Cameron Smith forever. Brandon Smith, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, Ryan Pappenhausen. Harry Grant, I won't go oh. there. Yeah. Uh, of course, Nathan Cleary is the leader in the MVP uh, NRL team's <laughs> votes right now. All right, we've got to push on to round 15. What a way to kick things off. Last week, it was the Storm and Roosters. This week, we're back out at Bank West. The Eels host the Storm in what should be an absolute cracker. Uh, not much to report. Uh, from Parramatta though today. A clean sheet there with no highlights means they are unchanged despite their loss against the Dragons last week. Michael Jennings will play his 100th game for the club. Plenty going on with the Storm though. Cameron Smith is still missing as he battles a shoulder injury but Shandor Earl earns his first start of 2020 with Suliasi Vunivalu ruled out for up to six weeks with a broken jaw. Jerome Hughes has been named despite picking up a groin injury against the Roosters. Cooper Johns could make his NRL debut if Hughes doesn't play. Jesse Bromwich risks missing a week if he fails to beat his dangerous contact charge also at the judiciary tonight. Tino Fasua Ma'alawi is in a lock for Dale Finucane. He is a huge loss and could miss six weeks with a calf, in calf injury while Albert Vette is the new man on the bench. Noddy, uh, they were tackled, I think it was uh, 38 times inside the Dragons 20, only yeah. for two tries. Sivo, Lane... Jennings, no tries in three weeks. Are you concerned about the Eels' attack? Yeah, I think they've come off the ball a fair bit. Obviously, they were flying at the start of the season. They won all those matches. Their attack was going great. Uh, then they've had a few injuries. Um, and I think every side's going to go through a bit of a lull and a bit of a, a, a poor form. Um, you know, it's a, it's a wake-up call. It's a reality check for them, I suppose. They lost last weekend. Yeah, but you'd like to think that they've got a big scalp. Their preparation will be in 100% first class, knowing that you're playing a Melbourne Storm side that are going to give you nothing. Well, they need a big scalp, don't they? We, you know, we've spoken about the Eels in the big games. They, they came up short against the Roosters earlier in the year and, and the Panthers, I think, as well. So, you know, against the Storm side, that's undermanned this weekend. They, they need to win and, and win well and, you know, really put their hand up you know, heading into the final series. And they've lost four straight against the Storm, three of those losses, yeah. big, big losses. So what will that confidence do, knowing that the winner of this match will move to second? They could play again in six weeks, first week of the final, second v third. Yeah, well, it's a mental win, isn't it, as well, you know, as well as the two points. You, you take that confidence and that mentality if you do face each other in the big games in, in September, October. And, you know, last year they, they played in the, in the finals and, um, you know, Melbourne... 
I think, you know, 30 odd nil uh, down there against the Eels and knocked them out of the competition. So, you know, that'll be back in the back of Paris' minds as well. They wouldn't have forgotten about that. And, and, they'll, and, and Melbourne will have the confidence knowing that they can do that against the Eels as well. And what about the form of uh, the Melbourne Storm halfback in Jerome Hughes? Noddy, you've been critical of him, and rightfully yeah. so, in the past. But twice against the Roosters, the reigning premiers, he's risen to the occasion. So is he their solution long-term at seven? Oh, he's proven to be their solution at long-term at number seven. And it's been interesting, the fact he's played really well, uh, you know, it has also happened without some of the stars for the Melbourne Storm. So it obviously mm. shows that when, when those stars are missing, he obviously steps up and takes more control and steers the side around and feels a lot more comfortable. And you're right, Zach, he's come up with some big plays, some tries on his own, um, taking the ball to the line. So that's the form that they need him to stay in. Um, he's been good for him. He'll have to be good again because, as you said, three big outs for the Melbourne Storm. You know, Smith, Munson, Finucane not playing. But uh, I, I think this game will be a really good test for both sides and a, and a cracking game. All right, well, do the Eels have what it takes to topple the Storm at home and return to second spot? You can catch it on 9 Foxtel, uh, Foxtel uh, using KO uh, app, also using the NRL uh, Telstra Live Pass as well. All right, Friday night footy. Uh, we're out at Penrith for the Panthers against the Sharks. This one kicks off at 6pm. The longest-serving current Panther, Josh Mansour is set to play his 150th game for the club. Mansour might not reach his milestone, though, if Brian To'o is a late in. The winger is pushing to return after missing six weeks with an ankle injury. A couple of injury concerns as well for the Sharks this week. Josh Dugan has an injury. He left the match early against the Titans, while Sean Johnson has to overcome a HIA uh, protocol this week to ensure that he plays and geez hasn't he been in good form the Panthers haven't conceded a point in the opening 20 minutes of a match since way back in round one so Robbie that's 13 straight matches I guess that shows the importance of starting really well because they lead the league at the moment yeah well starting fast is so important obviously um nine wins in a row I think it is and uh yeah it's, it's built off the bat everyone's been talking about their attack and how they, well they've been going and a lot of x-factor out wide but you know there's no doubt that the, the defense is coming a long way and you get a lot of confidence out of your defence. So when you can you know, keep a team scoreless in the first 20, it really builds your game. So you know, whilst the points might not be coming, not conceding early you know, allows you to be in the game and, and apply the pressure and, and get those points towards the back end. So you know, there's no doubt that they're building their game off the back of their defence. And the Sharks have been building their game off the back of Sean Johnson's a game in recent weeks. Uh, he comes up against the best playmaker in the game at the moment, Nathan Cleary. So he thought we'd look at both of their stats from 2020. Noddy, they are. No, he's similar. all over I mean, him. Look at, look at the look. try assist. I mean, he's on track uh, to get the most in... Uh, the NRL uh, by a mile at the moment, but back when the Panthers and Sharks faced a few weeks ago, they were thrashed yeah. 56 to 24. So what does Sean Johnson have to do this week to ensure that his team's in with a shot? Well, he, he's got to make sure the first 20 minutes for Cronulla's mm. first class. His kicking game's got to be on. They've got to come out with some energy because they're a bit flat till halftime against the Titans last week. We know that Penrith have a great ability to start well. Um, because they're not going to allow you to come from behind. You probably will have a bit of motivation and a bit of mental scarring from the big flogging they had uh, only a few weeks ago when they played at home. So lots of motivation, lots of reasons. They look like making the top eight, but again, Cronulla are, are a bit aside a bit like Parramatta. They haven't had great success against the top sides. They can mm. certainly score against the bottom sides and beat the bottom sides, but whilst we're only a few weeks away from the semi-finals and once these sides are all contenders, because Cronulla have the second best attacking in the competition. But it's the ability to grind and beat the tough sides, yeah. which is what semi-final does. So th these next few weeks are pretty important for the Parramatta's, for the Cronulla's, 
to gain belief, to gain the fact that you're, you're genuine contenders, not just we can beat the bottom sides. Well, the Broncos, they are one of the bottom sides and they are lacking plenty of belief at the moment. They need a win uh, this weekend when they return home to face the Dragons. Friday night footy from 7.55pm. Uh, Brisbane have made another major change in their playmaking ranks. Brodie Croft is out. Anthony Milford is in. He's set to return a couple of weeks early from a hamstring injury. In what is a positive story during a very turbulent time at the club, Jordan Kahu will return from an injury-ravaged 11 months and play his first match of 2020. That sees Herbie Farmworth shift to the wing. Joe Offerhangawi, Isaac Luke and Reese Kennedy form an all-new front row with Payne Haas suspended and Jake Turpin and Tom Flegler injured. Ethan Bullymore and Jamil Hopawadi earn a recall to the bench while Jesse Arthurs misses out. Let's look at the Dragons. Tyrell Fuimaono could be a laid out if he fails to get his grade two dangerous contact charge down, downgraded at the judiciary tonight. Trent Merrin could come in if, um, if Tyrell Fuimaono is out. Paul Bourne has been named to return from his two-week COVID hold. He won't join the squad, though, until Thursday. After getting no time against the Eels, Tristan Saylor has been left out of Dean Young's game day squad. All right, plenty of news coming out of Brisbane. The latest today is that the 10 players uh, that were um, potentially going to be caught up in a COVID breach have been uh, fined. Uh, the Broncos club has been fined $75,000 and each of the club's full-time players seen there on the screen have been fined 5% of their salary, uh, totalling $65,000 for attending the Everton Park Hotel on August 1. Um, so a fair few players there, 10. Uh, the Broncos have responded saying they accept the sanctions despite the gathering not being approved by the club, nor were any club officials aware of it taking place. So that's an important list, but an even more important list is their injury list at the moment. And it's hard to get your head around when you see it down on paper. A few fresh injuries, uh, Tom Flegler, uh, Jake Turpin, uh, Matt Lodge last week. You've got Jermaine Azarko, he's on personal leave. Tavita Pangai Jr. suspended. Jack Bird hasn't been there all year. I mean, you could, you could look at this list and um, most of those guys would be in the 17 somewhere. So how much has that injury toll got to do with where the Broncos are at, Noddy? Yeah, it does hurt you. And obviously they're, they're, they're a side of rookies and a side of kids, so they need their better... Young kids playing. Uh, Alex Glenn probably is the key one for him because he's, he's the captain and, and, and a senior player. But swapping and changing and then you're out of form, then you've got no confidence, then you've got the pressure of being the one team, one town. Uh, it all stacks up. The Raiders have had some injuries too. How are they going? The Roosters are having some injuries. Hmm. They're going okay. Okay, so why are the Broncos failing in that space? Because there's Why a whole... are they dealing with it? I feel in some regards, we've we spoken before about you've got to have some quality senior players around you to build a good roster. They let that go. They've, they've, they've unbuilt that the last few years. Um, there seems to be a lot of dramas defensive where they're poor. They positionally change every week. They don't know who's in. They don't know who's out. Their quality. You talk about the quality players. Well, the, some of those players also get suspended and let their own teammates down. Well, we've seen it week to week with them um, and game to game where they can't deal with adversity. They'd be in a game and yeah. then something will go wrong and and then they just can't handle it. And that's just typical of inexperience mm. of young kids that just can't deal with the pressures week in, week out of NRL footy. And that's just uh, compounded on them week in. Uh, you know, they're in quicksand now and they're really struggling to get out of it. You, you build a centre of excellence. It's probably the best facility, training facility in the NRL. It doesn't go away from needing to be hard work to win a game. So yeah. why are they called centre of excellences? 
They're a showpiece. <laughs> They're a showpiece. Okay, well, Anthony Hilford <laughs> is the showpiece back in the Broncos lineup. Is this his last chance to prove to the Broncos moving forward? He is contracted, though, that he yeah. is the player that they need him to be in 2021 and beyond. Yeah, I think so. There's obviously going to be question marks about the whole club up there, you know, moving forward, the, the coaching staff and the playing group and, and what may be. I, I'm, I dare say there's going to be a pretty extensive review come the end of the year. And, you know, when you're on this much money, you've got to earn up, you know, you know, earn that money that you're on and, and live up to the expectations of, of that big contract. And there's no doubt that he hasn't done that in the last 12 months. And, um, you know, he's got six weeks now to prove that, you know, he deserves to be there and, and be there moving forward. It won't really matter. I know what you're saying. Like These players have massively underperformed. It's only a million dollars next year. Whether you like it or not, no one's going to pick up that slack from a, from to take him. Do you pay half to get rid of him? You know, and then well, a, you know, you, another club picks well, him up at 500? Well, if you do a review, you'd think there's more than one player that they're going to be told that you, you're either overpaying or you're not wanted. So you, you can't pay the coat. Well, you know what? They might, Brisbane might make a decision and go, you know what, we're going to be rubbish for 12 months or two years. We but might they make it cop that. They can't. They can't well, yeah. okay, talk about for four weeks. How much money are they going to have to pay out if they make some big decisions? That's why they're big decisions. <laughs> That's why Ben Eichen is a bre- very, very yeah. brave man. Yeah. Uh, the Dragons were obviously on an emotional high after sending out Mary a winner last week, but Noddy, are they in danger of being on an emotional low this week, given how much that would have taken out of yeah, them? Yeah, you saw the emotions after the game from a lot of the players. They, they, they obviously showed that they wanted to play for the coach. There's no. Uh, issues between the coach and the players. They, he wasn't getting the best out of them. They were inconsistent. But I think I actually think the win last week will relax them a little bit. Make, they've had some fun. They've got confidence now. They've got some belief in themselves. Um, you know, Dean Young gets a start. So, you know, Dean Young has been around the system for a long, long time as well. So I'm pretty sure he's well respected. He's made a decision to put Ben Hunt straight to dummy half. They get Paul Vaughan back. There's a bit of a spring in their step. Things are going good. So I expect him to, to bounce forward again. Robbie, just on that point, Dean Young has come straight into training this week. He said to Ben Hunt, number nine's yours for the rest mm. of the year. Ben Hunt said, well, I want to be playing seven, but at least I know where I stand. What does that do for the rest of the team? Well, for Ben Hunt, first and foremost, it's clarity. You know, as a player, he wants honesty and uh, you know where you stand and you know what you need to do moving forward. And, and for the rest of the team, it's the same thing. And, you know, we've spoken about the Dragons, you know, right throughout the year, there's been chopping and changing in key positions and... Uh, how detrimental that is to, to getting any sort of consistency in your side. And you know, I think now they've made a decision and, and they know where those guys are going to be moving forward and they can just get on with the job. Do they still have the three or four men selection committee for Dean Young? Great mm. question. I don't know. We'll have to find out. I'll ask Dean Young later this if week. They, thank you, Zach. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Saturday Arvo <laughs> footy kicks off with the Gold Coast Titans taking on the Canberra Raiders. They face off for the second time this year. The good news uh, for the Titans... Uh, actually, I was on the Raiders. Let's go with the Titans. Uh, there is some good news. Anthony Don and Philip Sammy return to the wings, while young Tonomapia shifts to the centres. Uh, Corey Thompson looks like he'll miss out, as the luckless Dale Copley also faces the rest of the season on the sideline with a peck injury. Jared Wallace has been named to start for the first time since round two, with Mo Fodawaka filling Jai Arrow's shoes at lock. The departing Titan has a shoulder injury and will see a surgeon later this week. Sam Stone is the fresh man on the bench, although there could be that further change if Kevin Proctor is found guilty at the judiciary tonight. All right, now on to the Raiders and their 
duo Josh Papali and Joe Tarpany are free to play this week, having gained exemption to enter Queensland earlier this month without a flu injection. The only other change for Canberra is a minor one. Hudson Young has been named to start with Ryan Sutton coming off the bench, although they traded places last week. Dynamis Louie will play his 150th game for the club. So Jai Arrow, he's off to the Bunnies to join Uncle Wayne's man next year. Are you fearful that we've seen the last of him as a Titan? It looked pretty serious, the injury on the weekend. Yeah, it, it didn't look good, and unfortunately it, it looks like he might have played the last, last game of the Titans. And um, Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate way for him to, to end his time up there, but um, yeah, it's, it's, I guess for him he's... Just got to get himself right now and, and then look forward to his move down to Sydney next year. But you know, he's, he's been outstanding for him. I think this year, uh, you know, he, mentally, I think he's been on every week. You know, it's very hard when you, you sign a contract 12 months previously and you know you're leaving, you know, at the, at the end of the year. And that could get difficult at times, especially when the Titans are going you know, through a pretty rough mm. season. Um, you know, it'd be very easy for him to clock off or, you know, not give his best. But week in, week out, I think Jair has given his all for the jersey and, and that's all, you, you know, and just... You know, I, I commend him for that. John Bateman has been one of the Raiders' best uh, since he returned from a double dose of shoulder surgery. So does he... Uh, he brings the best out of George Williams, yeah. but will he continue to? Yeah, definitely. They played four years together at Wigan. Yeah, well, they've got that combination in the past. But I think as a halfback, you love to have, you know, really disciplined whole running back rollers. And, and John Bateman's one of those guys. He's extremely tough. He can be a ball player. He can, he can break tackles on his own. Um, he then protects him a bit defensively as well. Like, all of a sudden, you've got John Bateman standing inside George Williams. George Williams is a strong tackler, but not many people are going to come over that edge when you look who's inside him. So he's probably doing, you know, five or, or, or five to ten less tackles a match. And Bateman's enormous. So George Williams, we've seen some great things from him. Um, he's a, we know he's a runner. He's a really good runner of the ball. The Raiders, well, there's a side that learns how to grind and do an arm wrestle. Because the Titans are learning that, but not being able to stay in it for the full 80 minutes. So... He's going good. George Williams, it looks like he's freed up a lot since John Bateman's been there. Yeah, well, it, it definitely helps when you've got someone that, you know, as a half, especially when you've got a back row, you've got confidence in and you trust. Uh, you know each other's game, so you know what lines to run and what holes to hit. So, you know, it does. It, it takes the pressure off you. And, um, you know, I know, I know speaking to, you know, with our heart, like through my crew, guys like Benji and, you know, his game with Chris Lawrence outside him would go to the next level because they just knew each other's game so well, or Liam Fulton even 10 years ago. So it definitely brings confidence when you've got that combination with your back rower. And as you said, they're a much better side without Josh Hodgson. I, I think <laughs> Robbie. Not, yeah, I'm not well, they, how, many have they, how many have they won? They've yeah, five or six. So... Move on. West Tigers uh, will take on the Roosters in the second game on Saturday, 5.30pm. Uh, Robbie Farrow will have a front row seat sitting on Harry Grant's scoreboard. Not his own. That's what the Tigers players are saying. Let's look at the Tigers uh, team sheet. No changes to Michael Maguire's 17. Alex Twall could be a late in from a sternum injury while Tom McKayley is pushing to come back from an issue. Speaking of Harry Grant, he's still not uh, or still hasn't overcome his knee injury yet. Let's look at the Roosters. Drum roll please. No Sonny Bill Williams after arriving at the club late last week but Brett Morris returns from a broken back. A brand new halves pairing with Luke Keary out for a few weeks with broken ribs and Lachlan Lamb out with an uh, ankle injury. Drew Hutchison is at 5'8", while Kyle Flanagan is recalled at halfback. Jared Warira Hargreaves is finally back from a calf injury as Nat Butcher fills Mitch Orbison's shoes in the back row. 
Hopefully we see Orbo before the season is over. Freddie Lussick, the younger brother of Darcy and Joey Lussick, is set to make his NRL debut off the bench. He's a classy young hooker, so keep your eye out for him. Also note that Sam Walker, the son of Ben Walker, is in Trent Robinson's 21. And surprisingly, the coach becomes the first Roosters coach to reach 200 games with the club. He's been very successful in his time. As has Chris Lawrence uh, for the West Tigers. He confirmed today, uh, a short time ago, that 2020 will be his last in the NRL. He debuted way back on uh, July 30 on 2000, in 2006 uh, before he reached 250 games a couple of weeks ago. Here's what he had to say a short time ago. The decision, I came into this year with an open mind about um, what I'm going to do. And I think uh, the time's right, uh, sort of mentally and physically. You know, I pride myself on you know, always uh, day in, day out, putting everything online, training, preparation and having that drive to do whatever it takes in the game. And I just don't think if I want another year that would be there and any sort of little self-doubt for me it is a sign that it's time to give it away. Uh, you know, I always admired Chrissy from afar because he always committed everything when he did something on the football field. So it's been a real joy to be able to coach him for the last uh, two years and um, you know, to see him develop so many of the players that are coming through at the West Tigers is something that, you know, is a great example of, you know, what a leadership or what leadership does within an organisation. Yeah, he's been a massive part of the Tigers setup. up uh, Robbie, you played so much of your career alongside him. Why will Chris go down as one of the West Tigers greats? Well, for me, the one thing about Chris is he just gave everything he's always got every time he crossed that white line. He put his body on the line day in, day out, you know, his resilience to come back from the injuries that, that he had, who, you know, I, I've never seen anyone really go through. Like, everyone forgets, you know, he was playing centres for Australia as a really young kid, dislocated his hip, was told he probably might not play again, came back from that, had numerous injuries. Last year with a facial injury was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. And for me, I told him to retire then and then. Um, and seeing him come back and play last year made me cringe. Um, and, it, and it scared me every time. And then uh, I think, but that's just him. He wanted to prove people wrong and he wanted to get back out there and, and prove to himself that he could go out there. And look, I'm really happy he's made this decision because he's got nothing else to prove. You know, for me, Chrissy Lawrence is, is one of the greats. He's a, he's a local kid that plays whole career at the Tigers. Uh, he's one of the best I've played alongside. And, and now he can come and join me in retirement and smell the roses. And, and you better have the beers on ice because he said yeah. he's not going to enjoy a beer with you yet on the scoreboard. Well, but have him ready for the end of the well, season. Well, last year after my last game, he came up and joined me on the scoreboard for a beer. So I promise Chrissy after his last game, we'll get up back up there and, and have a beer together. All right. Uh, big shoes to fill, though. I mean, um, you know, he'll even admit that he's not as fast and, yeah. you know, as versatile as he once was. But he's the heart and soul of that club. Yeah, and you, you hear him mention about his professionalism, his, his attitude, the training and preparation for a game, uh, in his leadership quality. And as you said, like you forget he was actually a strike centre for most yeah. of his career because everyone just remembers him in the last few years as that really disciplined edge back rower. Um, and as he said, you know, he's gone on to mention he's created a business outside of football that he's going to put his his uh, his mind to and his his time to. And if he's if he's as committed as that as what he's been in his career, he'll make that a success as well. Because as you said, he's a he's a champion bloke. He's been yeah. had a great career from working hard and, and backing himself. And, there's a couple of those legends from the, the Tigers era now that are, unfortunately age catches up here. But, you know, Robbie went last year. Chris has gone now. And, and over to you. Is Benji going to follow him out, do you think? I don't know, to be honest. Um, you know, Benji has kind of left that up in the air. I, I get the feeling he might want to go around again. Um, but I'm not too sure, really. It's, it's getting to that point where he probably does need to make a decision. You know, we've spoken about it with Camp Smith and yeah. you know, guys like you know, Chris has come out today and made the call. So 
Uh, it'll be that, around that time for Benji now where he's got to make a call on next year. All right, on the Tigers' organisation as a whole, uh, obviously they hung on on the weekend. But two weeks yeah. ago you said uh, the roster probably needs an overhaul too and it pained you to say that. So mm. if you were in charge and you could move on the pieces that uh, you wanted to, who's the, your number one target to get to the club next oh, year? Oh, look, without naming names, I, I think the roster needs experience. I think there's, there's a lack of leaders, a lack of leadership within the playing group. Uh, obviously, myself moving on last year, you've got Chrissy, who's you know, a, a great leader day in, day out at training. Same with Benji, co-captain, professional. Uh, you know, if he potentially moves on as well, there's a lack of leadership in that, in that playing group. And I think we need some experience. Um, you know, we, we need some, you know, some really big signings to... Uh, I think we need some speed as well. Um, you know, I think we lack a bit you know, out wide. Uh, with, in terms of speed, like you, you see teams like you know the Storm and the Roosters where they just got speed to burn, and you can't coach speed. It's something that you just can't coach. You either got it or you don't. And I think, um, you know, the best teams in the comp have got it. Um, I think that's that's another addition I made. I don't want to name names. Josh Adokar's a free agent. He's got Don't put any words in no, my mouth. No, but, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Looking at the Roosters, Noddy, do you think we'll see the best out of Kyle Flanagan? He wasn't playing yeah. too badly from an outsider's perspective before he was dropped, but Trent Robinson said, I need to see more from you, and this is his chance. Yeah, well, he'd be motivated, definitely. Now, he, you know, you're out of the comfort zone now because you have been dropped. You, you come to the Roosters, they start winning games. Uh, all of a sudden, you're in that great organisation. You look around, there's good players around you. But obviously, p performance from the coach is extremely important. Uh, and as you mentioned before, the coach has been there for a long time and has earned the right to make those big decisions. You're right, Sam Walker's name appearing on jersey number 21. The raps on him are absolutely enormous. I know he's only a young kid, but, you know, you've been already dropped for a lamb. Now Drew Hutchinson's there, and now you've got Sam Walker. They've got plenty of options there, so I think Kyle Flanagan would be feeling a little bit nervous and vulnerable, and he has to now go out and show how good he is. But don't, I feel a bit sorry for him in some regards because he's replaced Cooper Cronk. It's like going into a club after Jonathan First and like going into a club after sort of Andrew Jones. It's a, they're big shoes to fill. They are very big shoes to fill. Uh, Sonny Bill Williams, he has some big shoes. They won't be uh, pulled on this week in terms of his footy boots. But is, is it a smart move from Robbo not to name him this week despite the Roosters' injury toll? Yeah, I think so. I think Robbo's obviously re resisted the temptation of naming him this week. And I don't think it's fair on Sonny. You know, he's been out of the game for, for six years out of the NRL. And, uh, you know, he's 34, 35 years old. Um, just come out of two weeks in isolation, travelled back from the UK and you know, to expect him to come in and just do wonders and, and work miracles for that side, I don't think it's going to happen. I think even Sonny's going to take a few weeks to, to get his match fitness up and to build his game and I, I, th I think it's the right call. Round 17 is expected, isn't he? So if he plays round 17, he plays three or four weeks of football, gets match fitness, they're at a full roster when, when the semi-finals arrive. That's all I reckon Robbo's thinking about. Mm. They make the eight guaranteed. It doesn't matter this year, I don't think, if you make the top four or top eight. If they come in at anywhere in the top eight, okay. with, a full, with nearly a full roster that's available, they will shake the competition. Shake the competition, yep. he says. Can't wait for the uh, semi-finals, but we've still got a few more games in round 15 to get through. The next the late game on Saturday, the Rabbitohs take on the Seagulls at ANZ Stadium at 7.35pm. A huge, huge in for South Sydney this week. Super coach Wayne Bennett will return to Redfern on Friday after self-isolating for 14 days. Now to the team sheet, Bailey Sirenen will face his older brother, Curtis, for just the second time in his career. He starts with Lee. Liam Knight suspended for one match due to a crusher tackle. Jack Johns will play his third NRL match off the bench. 
Look, let's look at Manly. Sadly, Brendan Elliott will miss the rest of 2020 after rupturing his ACL against the Knights. But Adam Fanua Blake, you can see him there highlighted, could be a shock and big in if he returns early from a knee injury. Ruben Garrick is Manly's new number one. George Tafua is back on the left wing with Tavita Funa shifting to the right. Cade Cust has been named despite being battered and bruised last Sunday. It's great to see Martin Tapao back after missing a week with concussion, while Joel Thompson has been included after his heroic performance against the Knights. Jake Trebojevic moves from the front row to lock. Corey Waddell drops to the bench and Jack Gajewski is out of the 17. The super coach, Wayne Bennett, back at uh, Redfern, he learned how to uh, order menu log in his time away from the game. He's been <laughs> staying away from any uh, cafes or restaurants, we've been told. But will, will his time away from the game actually serve him well in the sense that he gets back and looks at things from the outside? I know he'd be pulling the shots still, but no? Oh, I don't think so, no. I don't, I don't think so. I think he still would have been involved as well. You know, uh, yeah, the coaching staff would have been getting their messaging from Wayne. There's no doubt that uh, yeah, he would have been you know, overseen things from afar. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think... And he's been around the game long enough, Wayne, so, look, pretty experienced. I don't think it's going uh, to affect it? him too much, to be honest. What about his address when he arrives back? What do you think he'll say to the boys? Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a quick-witted, very Let's go man. for a feed at Grupper. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to uh, look at uh, the other talking points uh, for Manly. Um, he's, uh, Tom Trebojevic isn't expected back yeah. for at least two to three weeks. When is it too late to bring him back if Manly uh, out of the eight. Yeah, well, they're, they're nearly out of the eight now. They're four points behind eighth position. They're like the West Tigers last week was probably their grand final. So I would say if they lose this week, there is no need or no point to rush Tom Trevojevic because they're not going to make the eight. Tez Hasler is a safe coach. He's not under pressure. And Tom Trevojevic, he have just re-signed for a long, long-term deal. You want to make sure his hamstring is correct. So I would think there is no need to rush him and even play him at all in season 2020. And pretty much, unfortunately for Tom, it probably means you rule him out of the state of origin, but you get your body correct. If you're Des Hasler and Brad Fittler gives you a call and say, says, I want to see Turbo for the next three or four weeks, what do you say as Des Hasler? Look, I, I think it's a better thing if you give him that extra couple of weeks to get himself right. And I think Freddie will be happy with that because if you're rushing back too soon, yeah, there's that chance he uh, re-injures the, the hamstring and then he does miss state of origin. So, look, origin's still in November, so... And, and Tommy's earned that trust from Freddie. I don't think him playing a game between now and then is going to matter. Like Manly don't make the semis. Tommy's still not going to have played you know, for six weeks prior to Origin anyway. You've got the final series and then... So, look, I think as long as he's fit, he's in the Origin side. OK, uh, graphic warning uh, from a hamstring injury to one of the most gruesome injuries <laughs> you'll yeah. ever see. Joel Thompson, hats off to you for playing through the pain of a, I don't know, what do you say, like a ripped tongue uh, against the Knights. Robbie, where does this rank in terms of I feel sorry for his girlfriend. Oh. Here, there it yeah, is. That's, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's not good. I, you, know, you, you know when you get that little annoying, even little cut on your tongue or the little blister on your tongue? That hurts. Let alone that. His so, quote in one of the papers today said that I couldn't drink Gatorade, I couldn't drink water, so I just had to drink my own blood. It's ugh. sickening. How do you eat? What he went through. How long well, he hasn't tried does it? Does it regrow? Like, what's. Yeah. I'm mm. just the host of a NRL show, I'm not the. No doctor. kissing. No kissing for him. His girlfriend's uh, on the sidelines for a bit. All right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to push on to Sunday. Arvo footy. The Bulldogs take on uh, the Warriors. Both teams will want to win after losses last week. There's a big, uh, there's big team news for the Bulldogs. Will Hoppawadi is back at fullback for the first time since suffering a nasty ankle injury in round seven. That sees Nick Meaney move to the wing. 
5'8", Kieran Foran looks to have overcome an ankle issue, while Jeremy Marshall-King trades places with Sione Katoa. Dylan Napa's one-match ban means Aidan Tolman returns to the starting side alongside Matt Dury, who is in for English recruit Luke Thompson. He's been brushed to the bench. Skipper Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson shifts to lock, while Jake Avarillo is back on the bench after missing last week with a hip injury. Let's look at the Warriors. Patrick Herbert is out with a hamstring injury, so Adam Pompey is on the wing, and Hayes Perham is back in the NRL for just his second game of 2020. Roger Tuivasa-Shek and Cody Nikarima trained today, but the skipper had a strapped calf and the 5'8 had his hand in a brace, although the concerns were played down by the club today. Isaiah Papali'i starts in place of the suspended Eli Katora, which helps Jack Murchie earn a recall to the Warriors bench. Now, Luke Thompson arrived in Australia about two months ago. We've seen him for six yeah. weeks. Did you expect more from him, Noddy? Oh, no, not really, because he's coming into a side that's really struggling. Um, they struggle to score points. They struggle you know, defensively. They've not got any superstars. So he's obviously done great. As you said, he was in quarantine for those couple of weeks. He then went straight into playing. Um, you know, I don't think he was going to be the person that goes, oh, well, let's get the dogs from the bottom of the ladder to the top of the ladder through one play. But uh, he probably needs a little rest. Um, obviously, there was a period of time where he didn't play football. He went in the quarantine, and now he's done good. So I, I think he's done well. At the other end of the spectrum, we've seen the, the likes of Jake Avarillo uh, debut earlier this year. On the weekend, we saw Matt Dury, who is an Australian schoolboy. Robbie, how important mm. is it to get um, runs and uh, runs on the board or, or games into these uh, young guys ahead of 2021 when they're looking to rebuild under Trent Barrett? Yeah, I think it's crucial. It's obviously the, the right time for them as well to get those games under their, their belt. There's some really promising young kids coming through, some local juniors, and Canterbury's always been a club that's you know, had a strong nursery out there you know, in, in Canterbury-Bankstown, and it's great to see some of these young kids coming through. You know, it gives them a bit of excitement, the fans and, and the club, a bit of excitement when you see your young local talent coming through and making their NRL debut. And you know, hopefully these guys will be wearing Bulldogs jerseys for a long time. And hopefully Roger Tuivasa-Shek will be wearing a Warriors jersey for a long, long time. There were reports last week linking him to a return. Nobby, uh, yeah. Robbie is nodding. Yes, please. <laughs> how, import good. how important is he... Um, to the Warriors and New Zealand Rugby League. He's massive. Well, he's their yeah. captain. He's the former Dalian medal winner. Um, obviously, you know, every per if you're a fan of Rugby League in New Zealand, you look at Roger Tovasashek and look at the footwork, look at the class he plays at. Um, you know, obviously, Nathan Brown and Phil Gould will have to do some pretty uh, dramatic talks and, 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 and chat to keep him in the game. The other thing you've got to think about is, obviously, the other thing, what if they're based in Australia again next year and he doesn't yeah. want to go through those sacrifices of being away from his family where if he goes and plays rugby union, it, it mightn't be because he wants to play union. He gets to stay at home. Yeah. Is there genuine fear with that factor? Not only Roger, but other um, great players in that roster? I think, yeah, well, for everyone, but I think more so for Roger. I know I've spoken to Toddy Payton. He said he was the one player in the squad that was really struggling because he didn't have his, his wife and, mm. and kids around him, whereas a lot of the other players did. Uh, and that was something that you know, he was really struggling mm. to deal with right throughout this year. So, you know, if you are going to be based in Australia again next year, then that does weigh into your decision because... Uh, and he's been the face... He's the captain, so he's been yeah. the face of this the whole time. So there's no doubt um, that the circumstances you see have really weighed on his shoulders. And, you know, he's probably, you know, thinking, you know, is it worth going through another 12 months of this? So it, it's, uh, it, it's quite concerning, if you ask me. So unless his family was to join him here next year and they are based here, you'd really fear that he could leave the game? I think it's a strong possibility, yeah. It, you know, family's so important. And, you know, when, when you're away from them for so long... Uh, I, I wouldn't blame him if, if that was a decision that he came to. 
Well, Roger, I know you're a big fan of the show. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> we want you here uh, for the long term in the National Rugby League. All right, the last game of the round features the Newcastle Knights against the North Queensland Cowboys up in the Hunter at McDonald Jones Stadium on Sunday. Arvo, uh, there's no Daniel Saifidi again this week for the Knights, but there's a like-for-like -like replacement in his brother Jacob up front. The only other change sees Pasami Solo return via the bench after a two-match suspension. Interim coach Josh Hannay has named an un change starting side to head down to the hunter with Scott Drinkwater again preferred at fullback. The only other change or the only change comes in Jersey 14. Ruben Cotter is in for Jake Granville. Valentine Holmes is back training with the main group as he recovers from ankle surgery but has not been named in the 21. Robbie, their finals bound in your eyes, the Newcastle Knights. A couple of years ago they may not have beaten Manly, come yeah. from behind twice to win. So what does that say about what Adam O'Brien's building in terms of culture around the Knights club and, and team? Yeah, look, it was, it was a game they obviously needed to win and they, they got the job done in the end. But I think overall the coach won't be ha wouldn't be happy with the performance. You know, they obviously came off the back of a really strong performance against the Tigers a week earlier. You know, Manly under man, they had a few injuries throughout the game. But at times the Knights were a bit soft in their defence as well. But look, I think the pleasing thing, as you said, is they found a way to win. Mm. Um, and at this time of the year, that's, that's the most crucial thing. And um, uh, it was probably a game that they wouldn't have won in the past. You look at the Cowboys, Josh, uh, not Josh Drinkwater, Scott Drinkwater uh, was brought there. He played 5-8 earlier this yeah. year, Noddy. Uh, he shifted to fullback in his return last week. If he's a long-term six, though, for the Cowboys, surely you play him alongside Michael Morgan, Morgan now for the last six weeks so they can build a combination for 2021. Or well, you've got a coach that's trying to win games to put his own career and his resume ahead of what's important for next year. So winning will help Josh Hannay get the job, won't it? So he's going to make pick the best team he thinks will get that job done. Uh, I, I'm, I, Scott Drinkwater was obviously the number one fullback position pick for the Melbourne Storm, so I think fullback is probably his best position, which then means, OK, what happens to Val Holmes? Well, Val Holmes is a probably, unfortunately, the best running winger in, in, the, in the competition. You, you know, great finisher, Val, and a good defender. So th th it's going to be a tough situation what the new coach, because we don't even know who that is yet. One of the best wingers, but also one of the most expensive wingers in the game for the Cowboys. Can they afford to play him on the wing if yeah. they then have to bring in a 5-8 to play alongside Michael Morgan? I think Val Holmes is a one. I think he's got the potential yeah. to be a one, especially on that sort of money. And, you, uh -huh. and you've got two wingers there in Cole Feld and um, Tabio Ifito, who's, who's come on personal on the scene, who is just an excitement machine. And you know, I think next year he's going to be even better as well. So... You know, you've got those two guys on the wing. You've got Val Holmes potentially a fullback, drink quarter or six. You've got to find a spot for all those guys in your side. So good luck to the new coach coming up with what combination he thinks best. So with Val Holmes out, would you still be playing drink water at six? Well, I think it's like Noddy said. Noddy, you know, the coach is doing what he thinks is best for his team at the moment. He's, he's not looking at next year because he hasn't got the job <laughs> next year. So, yeah, he's trying to get the wins and put his best foot forward. And, yeah, he thinks Drinkwater at, at one is the, is the best option this week. All right, make sure you tune in to all of Round 15 action via our broadcast partners, Nine, Foxtel, uh, Sky New Zealand, using the KO app and also the Telstra Live Pass across the NRL network. My favourite time of the week. Uh, uh, prediction time. Uh, Robbie? <laughs> My prediction is not in a game this week. It's tonight. Kevin Proctor, not guilty. No bite. 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 Uh, I think South Sydney win this weekend by 10-plus margin, and Tom Burgess will score a try in that victory. He only scored one a couple of weeks ago. That would be rare, rare territory. Oh, he's, a, he's in good form. Big human.
Big human. Giant of a human. Uh, big challenge, though, and bad luck to the bunnies because Noddy's probably just put his curse on you for this week. <laughs> Speaking of next week, Inside the NRL is back on Monday. Join Katie Brown, Michael Chamis and Jamie Soward from 5pm right here on NRL.com. Uh, you can catch yesterday's episode featuring Reid Money on NRL TV. Yeah, a big night at the judiciary. Stay tuned uh, and lock to the blog right here on NRL.com. And in the meantime, uh, enjoy footy this weekend. We'll see you next Tuesday.